0: Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: Now for our story. This morning, as soon as her husband was safely out of the house on his way to the office, Jessie Calvert had gone to the telephone. Hurriedly, she called Brett Cameron's number, asked him to come to the house on 11th Street as soon as possible. No, she couldn't tell him what it was about. He'd have to wait until he got there. Jessie insisted that her lover must hurry as the housekeeper was in town doing the marketing so if he came at once, no one would know. Well, now it is an hour later as Jessie answers Brett's ring at the door. She ushers him into Ben's study where Brett sinks gratefully into her husband's leather armchair.
2: This had better be good, darling, after I come rushing over here at top speed.
0: Rushing? It's been ages since i phoned.
2: You seem to forget that I have to come under my own power. It's quite a trek from my place to this mansion of yours. Well, it's an abominable nuisance not having a car.
0: Oh, never mind, Brett. Things won't be like this forever. Just be patient a little longer and you'll have a brand new car.
2: Hmm. Look who's telling whom to be patient. Seems to me you're the one who's been singing the blues lately.
0: I know. But from now on, we've got nothing to worry about. Everything's fine, Brett. That's what I wanted to tell you.
2: All right, Jesse, let's have it. I can do with a spot of good news.
0: Brett, I have something to show you. Oh? Look at this.
2: Hmm. Bends well, huh?
0: Mm-hmm. Farnsworth sent it from Chicago yesterday. I've been dying to let you know. But this morning was my first chance.
2: Well, this is something.
0: Now aren't you glad you came over?
2: Well, let I see what it says. I, Benjamin Calvert, resigning so-and-so and so forth. Me and the town of, Kylie being of sound and disposing mind and memory, and not acting under duress, fraud, or undue influence of any person whatsoever. <laughs>
0: now never mind making the obvious <laughs> wise crack, And you can skip all that preamble. Here it is. This is the interesting part.
2: Hmm. Do hereby give, devise, and bequeath unto my beloved wife, Jessie Calvert, all of the balance of my estate of which. Now hold on a minute, Jessie. Says balance.
0: <laughs> it certainly does. You didn't see the beginning. I hereby give, devise, etc., etc., the sum of one dollar to my daughter Kit Calvert. Now, do you feel better? One dollar. <laughs> oh, I think I can spare Kit that much, don't you?
2: <laughs> well, it seems a pity, but if we have to, we have to. I will say Ben did a thorough job. Ben not seem to leave a single loophole.
0: Yeah, I read the thing pretty carefully. I admit I don't know much about wills, but this one looks fine to me.
2: Hmm. Oh, this part especially gladdens my heart, Jessie. Do hereby make, publish, and declare this to be my last will and testament. And to expressly revoke, get this, darling, all other and former wills and codicils thereto made by me.
0: In other words, this is final, and no question about it.
2: Exactly. Jesse, darling, now we're really getting somewhere.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, the first thing we'll do is sell this house. It's a white elephant, really, but. Well, a good coat of paint it could bring a fair price. We can always build if we
0: Brett, aren't you being rather generous with that editorial? We meaning what? I just wondered if you weren't getting ahead of yourself.
2: Look, my pet. You hit it at something like this before, implying I was just along for the ride. I told you then and I repeat now, without me, you wouldn't have gotten anywhere with Ben. Don't forget it.
0: What if I say you're all wrong?
2: It won't work, Jesse. If I hadn't told you how to manage Ben, how to turn him against Kit and all that, she'd still be sitting pretty, and you'd be coming out with half of what you'll get this way.
0: But not the way things stand now. The
2: way things stand now, you'd be a smart girl if you didn't get too high-handed with me. We're in this together, Jesse, and it's no time for you to take that tone. Remember, there's still work to be done, and you can't do it alone, even if you are nicely fixed up in that will.
0: I'm not so sure about that.
2: Really? What's this all about, Jesse? You got something up your sleeve. Or, thank you, have?
0: Yeah? Yes, I have, Brett. You see, this will might go into effect a lot sooner than you realize. And, moreover, without our having to do a thing to hasten it. Brett, there's something seriously wrong with Ben. He's ill.
2: Ah, oh, just getting old and tired, Jesse.
0: No, he's ill, I tell you. I'm sure of it. How soon? For one thing, I know he went to see Dr. Lewis the other day. He insisted it was just for a routine checkup, but I'm pretty sure there was more to it.
2: Mm-hmm. Did he tell you what the doctor said?
0: Yes, but I have an idea he was lying. According to Ben, he's in perfectly fine shape. But there's something queer about the whole thing.
2: Don't sense, Jesse. You just want to think that. You're
0: No, I'm not. I tell you, Ben's ill. I think he doesn't want me to know.
2: What makes you think so?
0: For one thing, he acted so peculiar about the medicine.
2: Well, what medicine, Jesse? We should be more explicit.
0: Well, the day Ben came back from seeing Dr. Lewis, he had this prescription. Mm -hmm. I happened to pick it up, and when I realized what it was, I offered to get it filled for him. Well, you should have seen the fuss he made. He got very excited. Told me not to be such a busybody and so on.
2: Mm -hmm. What was the prescription for? Oh,
0: I don't know. You know how they write those things out. You never can make any sense out of them, and (laughs) and Dr. Lewis has such an illegible scrawl anyway. Mm
2: -hmm. Did uh,
0: Ben get the medicine himself? Yes, and that was queer, too. He came in with his package. It had Perry's drugstore sticker on it, so I assumed it was toothpaste or something of the sort. Hmm. Naturally, I unwrapped it. When he found out, he was absolutely furious for a moment. What excuse did he give? Oh, he said, supposing it had been a present for me, a surprise or something. But I'm sure the real reason was he didn't want me to know what kind of medicine it is. He insisted it was just a tonic to build him up, but I never saw a tonic that looked like that. How did it look? Well, just like water. No color to it at all. Hmm. And it had one of those little dropper gadgets attached to the stopper. That was another queer thing. Never heard of a tonic you measure out by the drop, did you?
2: I don't believe I have. That doesn't mean there is no such thing. You say it was absolutely colorless.
0: Yes, in such a small bottle. But I haven't told you the worst part. About the attack Ben had.
2: Attack? When? What happened?
0: Well, it was the day Kit appeared in court. Afterward, Ben and I were on our way back to the car, and Randy Lane came along hmm. as he was passing by. I called out to him, We spoke, and then he started on again, but of course, Ben couldn't let her go at that. You know how he feels about the Lane family,, yeah. and he knew Randy's been visiting Kit and so on, so he started baiting him about her getting a pretty stiff sentence. And ben was very insulting, and naturally Randy got mad. <laughs> I can't say I blame him; he has quite a temper, and for a minute, I thought he was going to strike Ben. <laughs>
2: Sounds like quite a scene.
0: It was, I assure you. Well, I spoke up and Randy calmed down a little. Then a minute after he left, Ben got this funny look on his face. Brady was the color of ashes. Hmm. He sort of clutched at his chest as if it was hard to breathe. He was gasping. Did he
2: seem to be in pain?
0: Well, it was hard to tell. He could barely speak and I was scared stiff. I got him into the car somehow and started to drive. I wanted to take him to Dr. Lewis, but he flatly refused to let me. And by that time, he seemed to be much better anyway, so I brought him home and he lay down. By dinner time, he acted as though nothing had happened. He did look awfully tired, though.
2: Jesse, you better go see Dr. Lewis yourself, find out what's wrong with Ben.
0: That's what Ben said. He did? Mm-hmm. He told you to? Mm-hmm. That's why I'm pretty sure he must have made the doctor promise to keep Mom.
2: Just the same, you ought to find out. What you say of Ben's symptoms, he might have one of several ailments which afflict men of his age and temperament be hypertension or something to do with his heart. The main thing is for you to find out exactly.
0: I know, Brett. But suppose Ben has made the doctor promise not to tell me the truth?
2: Well, then you'll have to bluff. Pretend you're pretty sure and just want confirmation. You can handle it somehow.
0: Well, Lewis is quite clever, Brett.
2: Right to take the chance. Well, it's perfectly safe if you're shrewd about it. And you can be.
0: Well, suppose Lewis smells a mouse.
2: Well, he won't if you handle it right. Well, don't you realize how important this is? If Ben's seriously ill, it could make a big difference to us.
0: Yes, I know.
2: In other words, my sweet, it, it might save us a lot of trouble.
1: Jesse couldn't repress a little shudder. It seemed to Ben's wife that she and Brett were on very dangerous ground indeed. It would be better, she reflected, if they could remain in the role of passive innocent witnesses to the inevitable toll which life exacts from every man. But to be sitting there, calmly waiting for it to happen... Well, even Jesse wasn't hardened up not to feel uncomfortable. Then she looked at Brett. He was smiling.